audio conversation recorded with Anya Briggs on Sunday, December 20th, 2009. Hello there. Hi. Then my cat had to be fed. He was like crying. What's your, and what is your cat's name? Kato. Kano? Kato. 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 Oh, like, like, um. I found out later it's Japanese for attack, which is perfect. He was still a kitten when I found him, so. Kato it was. And he seems to like the name, too. He smiles whenever I say his name. Okay, whenever you're ready, I'm ready. <clears throat> I think, did we already start? I think we might have already started. So, um. This is how you want to do the interview, me screaming at you. You know, this is, as we're being recorded right now, that may have actually be a good thing. Hello, web audience. Um, Mike's. Mike's uh, people who comment on his um, page hate me, so I first. Not everyone. Say, yeah, but only the people commented who think that I'm mentally unstable. Um, hi, happy Christmas. Um, I love you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Right on for you. Uh, okay, you want to get started with the synchronicities? That's what they like. They like the synchronicities. Let's talk about synchronicities. So just before you called, a friend of mine called me, just like I literally just hung up the phone, and mm-hmm. he had a funny synchronistic story involving someone named Miriam Delicato. <laughs> oh, my God, so is mine. And I, that's what I said, so go ahead. And, and, that uh, is freaking crazy. While I was at the grocery store. While, like, while, I think right it might have been almost like while you were back. You might have already been feeding your cat or and something. And this at that guy point. was talking about Miriam even before I even got back to my house. Yeah. But we had had that short conversation earlier well, where you said... we had just spoken about Miriam like not 30 seconds before or whatever, 30 minutes before. More like 30 minutes. Well, you know, we're just speaking platitudes here. Okay. We're just talking down to your audience. We, we don't want too much in in... Inside jokes and inside information. That's just going to insult them even more because I'm uppity and I'm a channel and I'm uppity. And what, what city are you, do you live in? I live in New York. No talk? way, really? But I don't sound like it, no, because I'm from Ohio. And, and I'm from Michigan. Like yeah, I know I left on my pants in the car. Very, and this is the most professional interview I've ever had, I might add. You know, I actually have to say that you did an Very, interview. I'm conducting myself so professionally. I, I, I downloaded the interview you did with, like, the Channelers of the United States Federation. What was no, that? No, 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 no. That's the, yeah, right, the Galactic Federation of Channeling um, Superheroes. No, no, but the one for, like, where you're, you've now been elected a channeler from New York State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best. Oh, I want to plug that. Bestamericanpsychics.com slash Anya dash Briggs slash forward slash. Um, but, but that. Go to bestamericanpsychics.com and click on New York State. I just got um, approved, board certified for whatever that means. I went to a show for the trade recently and I met Shay Parker, who is the great, great owner of the and, company. And is she the one that did the interview? The interview with <laughs> yes, Shay? Yes. Did you get a chance to hear that? I too? listened to the whole thing. You're such a super fan, Mike. And just so you know. How on earth did you, like, hold yourself together? You were so composed and so together. I don't know. Not like this one. This one's not. I actually, and I just made a cup of coffee while you were feeding your cat. I made a cup of coffee. So here here you go. My cat's all fed. Oh, good. That was a good (laughs) one. Cup of joe. Cup of joe. Good, good, good. Is this the interview that humanizes me and brings me down from the mountaintop? I think it's just I'm trying to give like an excuse just so just giving some ammunition to my readers so when they write comments yeah yeah, yeah. oh you're an agent <laughs> provocateur that's what you are Ooh la la um well they're so busy genuflecting with you because you saw an owl in the woods and Whitley Strieber wrote about you meanwhile I'm having like 
I'm doing, I told you, I'm doing the Olympic uh, triple sow cow every five minutes psychically, and people say I'm mentally unstable. That's sexism. That's sexism. I don't know if they're actually genuflecting. That's sexism. <laughs> Men do not have to work so hard to be taken seriously. That's the bottom line, especially in the experiencer slash contactee community. I'm just going to say that, and I know all your all your listeners are like skeptics, and they hate me, and they think I'm a fraud, and I'm mentally ill and everything, but see, that's part of the sexism. Is that all? I, all is a strong term. Not all of them. Some of them actually have subscribed to my blog, and I love you, too. I love all of your readers. I love even the ones that hate me. I don't know if I, hate is a strong word. You're, you're, well, they uh, think I'm a fraud or something. They well, think they think, they, some people they think, think I'm, I'm a fraud, fraud. so... Well, I don't blame them. First off, I want to qualify this since they haven't seen the video where I qualified it and said I thought channeling was a load of hooey. Um, I did. I thought it was fake. I, the only reference I had to channeling was, um, you know, seeing somebody in a kimono and, or purple robes on a stage speaking with a fake British accent, and I was freaked out by that. I thought it was weird. And what they were saying didn't make any sense to me. And, um, and then uh, I started doing it myself. It started happening to me. So I don't blame anyone. And then, I, so you know, I and I asked my mom, who's a psychologist, like, what's going on? I blurted out just a fingernails full of what was happening to me, and she kind of looked at me very thoughtfully for a moment. She said, "Anya, you're not crazy. There is no clinical model for what you're experiencing." And she recommended that I find people like myself and learn about my abilities. That's a direct quote. So I don't blame anyone for not believing um, what's happening to me. Uh, or thinking that I'm crazy, um, I would just ask that you be a slightly more respectful because I do read those comments, and I am a human being, believe it or not, and I don't appreciate people. Um, I'm, I'll just be quite frank about this. I don't, I'm not going to be all new age and impartial. You know, um, I get hurt when somebody says, oh, this is somebody who's crazy who's looking for attention because, believe me, you, there's better ways to get attention than this. This is a thankless task. And I would agree there's better ways because I've actually been at the receiving end of the same amount of grief um, where I was – I did a show on the Paracast and and spoke for two hours. Yeah. And uh, and, uh, oh my – I have not heard that yet. I need to hear that. I want to hear that. Oh, you've heard. I mean you've heard everything. There's nothing new you're going to hear. I've basically given you the whole spiel. Um, But but after that, oh my gosh, this – you know, there was a – What's the term? Shitstorm? Shitstorm is as good a term as any. Really? There was a shitstorm of people. Oh, my God, I got called every name in the book from charlatan to fraud to delusional to egomaniac to name dropper. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Let's get this straight. Me and Mike are not making this up. Whatever it is is not mental illness. We're not crazy. We're not doing this for our health. Uh, You people need to learn about compassion, those of you who just want to hate outright. That is really, really awful because I know Mike. I've done readings for Mike. He is who he says he is. He's not insane. He's not, you know, imagining these things. And some of you skeptics need to lighten up and learn a little thing called compassion because it's hilarious. I made a video about compassion and the nature of compassion, and it was the responses were so cruel. And that, and that the, I purposely <laughs> chose. I, I purposely but, chose that video because it was so right. like it was oh, so unbelievably like unobtrusive. It was like, well, like how could anyone like? Was, if I'm gonna oh, pick oh. one video to link, it's gonna be the one about compassion. Um, you know, to them I say, what is your problem? You can use the F word. I've already used it a couple times in this. What is your fucking problem, people? <laughs> Why are you so mean? That's my big question, because God knows I'm sticking my
my neck out there and you are like chomping at the bit to cut it off. What is your fucking problem? People? Okay, so here's here's like here's like the the cosmic lesson I learned after that yeah. whole thing. So that uh so sorry in, by the way that people were mean to you. That is incredible that they no do. no no it's it's in a funny way. So so I I with with full knowledge of what I was stepping into, like I knew like. By the mere yeah. fact I'm using my real name, I'm stepping into this arena, I'm telling my story. Yeah. Uh, other people have stories that are more interesting than mine, maybe. But yeah. um, uh, so I knew full well I, when I was when I. Well, the, whatever. That's all relative. You've had interesting stories. I'm joking when I say, well, you were magnanimous enough to talk about seeing owls in the woods. Uh, no, I know what's happening to you is profoundly significant and just to me anyway it's profoundly no, significant no to me. no 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 it's it's on the larger scale too otherwise you wouldn't be talking about it because they're telling you to talk about it the beings that you're in touch with are telling you to talk about it that's what they do with all of us so what happened at the end of this whole thing so like you know the first it went on for weeks like there's hundreds of what? i'm not kidding there are hundreds of comments on two separate uh web blogs um are or you websites kidding? website forums no i'm not kidding um, a lot of people said, like, oh, I enjoyed Mike's, or, you know, a handful of folks said, yeah. you know, like, I enjoyed Mike's interview. But most of the people, it felt like, um, you know, attacked. And... It doesn't take, all it takes is one. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I took, there was more than one. There was, there was a lot more than one. But the lesson I learned was that um, it felt like, it felt like I was stepping into this arena, like stepping into the, I mean, literally like the boxing ring at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was, the lesson was like, wow, this is what's out there. This is what I've stepped into. Well, I Mostly it's fear. Mostly those responses are coming from indignant fear at the outrageous statements that you're supposedly making. Yeah, sure. You know, but it's less that, I, but the, but the thing is, I guess I, I had to recognize that, the, the really mean-spirited one. There was a handful of comments that where people made good, relevant points where, you know, sort of like, oh, you should be careful how you address this kind of thing because it comes across as a little lofty or something. And then those 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 comments were certainly there. And I and I took the ones that were uh, level-headed to heart. And the ones that didn't oh, – I feel like I'm such a place of self-examination sometimes that I know myself pretty well. Um, and a lot of the comments didn't feel like they were – it didn't feel like they were addressing me. They were addressing some, like, projection yeah, or yeah, some yeah, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, You become a symbol for something. That, yeah. That cracks me up. It's like we're not allowed to be human. We're not allowed to be part of this. They're so quick to put us on the mountaintop when we aren't even on the mountaintop to begin with, but they already have this cliche stereotype of um, what's happening. And the problem with that is is that with anomalous situations, like with what's happening to us, is that um, – like my mom said, there's no clinical model for what's happening to us. So people have to fill in the blanks. And what's their first reaction is anger. It's like with so many, and anger is just an out, output of the unknown, not knowing what something is and being frustrated by not being able to make sense of it. And so they get, it's, it's displaced fear is what it is. It's so virulent. It's like literally like pitchforks and torches. <laughs> anger. Uh, and it's like just for speaking truth, for speaking our truth, for speaking the truth of like what I'm doing is just faithfully, faithfully recording and and repeating what I'm hearing and seeing. That's it. And 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 then I have these experiences and I'm trying to record them faithfully to the best of my ability, either in interviews like this or in my writings. And are are you are you pounding the desk as you say this? Why? Because there's some clomping noise there. What? Oh no, I'm spitting on my computer screen while I'm talking because I'm so excited. Okay, I can tell you're excited. And I'm wiping the spit off the screen. Okay. Another, I'm I'm in full professional mode right now. Okay. So when you when you when you interviewed with the uh, psychics of America, you, there was no frothing or spitting, was there? 
Um, no, because what happened was um, there was a technical glitch, and she wrote down the wrong email for me. Like, it was um, spelled wrong. And so she called me frantic. We're going on live now in 30 seconds. And so we did the interview. Good uh, for you. And she said the producer was just, like, hyperventilating into a paper bag at that point because he didn't know where I was. And it was live, 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 national live. And this is this is recorded, recorded, recorded. So I can, I, if I mumble, if I mumble, or if I embarrass myself at all, I can edit it out. Yeah, good. I'm just, um, I'm just the stenographer. I see myself as like a secretary. I'm just a note taker. I'm just a messenger. That's it. You know, um, just because it's not in your reality, and just because you haven't seen it on the evening news, does not mean it's not real. And I would like people to be a little more open-minded. Well, here I'll jump in for the open-minded thing, and and uh, I that their brains fall out, but just just you know entertain the idea before getting the pitchforks and torches out. Yeah, I mean there's a reason to be skeptical, and skeptical means something different than than uh, antagonistic. So um, yeah, and I'm skeptical about a lot of stuff, including my own experiences, and and uh, yep. so, but that's fine, that's fine, but just don't be an asshole about it. I, uh, like if you're gonna if you're going to critique someone, there's a way to do it without being just no. a jerk. Yeah, constructive feedback, I think, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have talked a bunch of times. I also did a legitimate session where we arranged the time, and and um, and I will have to say, this is this is me speaking to not so much to you, but to the audience, yeah. whoever that audience might be, all ten okay. people who listen to this. Um, you were really impressive. Thank you. Because I'm not making this up. Yeah, no, but I mean, there was a bunch of stuff you said that was absolutely no way. But there's no way I could know. Yeah. Yeah. There's I, I no know. way you could know, and and um and at the same time, it wasn't just um uh, like a parlor trick, right? Where you where you say like uh, your favorite color is blue right. or something like that, you know? And I'm like, oh, it is or, blue. Or, or was I doing like I wasn't doing like a cold reading where it's like you're a man. Yes. Okay. I get you nodding yeah. and saying yes and yes and Gross. yes. 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 You walk fast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You walk fast. Yes. Yes. You have a good heart rate. Yes. Yes. No. 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 It was, but it was more the stuff that you were you were tapping into. Right. Um, yeah. Wasn't just like a like a parlor trick of listing facts or li- listing things that would I would go how on earth would you know that? Um, you were jumping like cosmically a few steps farther down on the on the line where where the stuff you were saying and the, and the stuff you were imparting. Was coming from a way of, of um, uh, you know, like evolutionary or spiritual growth. You were, you were really, um, you or were. Maybe, maybe there were who were feeding me the information from off-world sources, like they tell me. Because there's no way I could get this stuff. I, I don't care what you guys believe. What I'm told, this is just what I'm told. I get this stuff through the Akashic Records, which is a real bank of records. It's a real hall of records. And, and that that would have like you know like the the morning I overslept for my paper route in fifth grade. That would somehow be like logged into yeah. the Akashic Records. Okay. Totally. Absolutely, you got it. Okay, you're not holding that against me. Hell no. Okay, good. Uh, so our, um okay so what what was your you were you were going on? I'm sorry, I don't mean to distract. <laughs> I tend to be a little right-brained and sort of all over the place. So, do you, what you're saying is that we should like start a um, like a uh, like one of those uh, talk show things that they do in the mornings, like on FM radio, where like the two people just yeah. like talk over each other, and we should do that every morning. Don't you think? And next, we do a t- um, a Kalamata olive hummus dip recipe that you're gonna love. Exactly, and then I can say I love Kalamata olives, even though I don't. That's right. Oh, I love I love it. Give it to me. Um, so you can have my olives, is what you're saying? Yeah. 
Yes. Okay. Oh, oh, before we go any further, I have to make another plug. Can we talk about this Miriam Delicato thing? Okay, good, because so there's like, and so, the, uh, and that's actually, strangely enough, how we met. Uh, was with yes. Miriam Delicato. In essence, not she didn't introduce us or anything like that, but there, yeah. th- there is a connection there. So keep going. Go ahead. You're, you're, it's okay. all you. I want to make my plug, and then, um, well, you can either choose to okay, talk my... about that through Miriam first, whichever you prefer. Okay. Which Go, you prefer. It's all you. Okay. So this is the most recent Miriam thing. Uh, Miriam and I have synchronicity after synchronicity after synchronicity. We've um, had incredible dinks, shall we say, that we've both shared often within, you know, days of each other. And uh, she's a dear friend of mine, as you might expect, from the sound of my tone of my voice, how I talk about her. Um, um, I will go into that in a minute, but I want to get to the the most recent synchronicity that is just blowing my mind still. Um, As you know, Miriam is um, not a spokesperson for the Hopi. She's very adamant about this. She doesn't want to misconstrue what she's saying or or positioning herself as she doesn't position herself as anything other than as a star being um you know releasing information that she was told to release it was a co-cooperative thing she's not a skin robot she's an individual she is a very strong-willed independent person she is not being manipulated by (laughs) i have met miriam and i have spent some time with miriam miriam yeah Yeah. miriam I'll, I'll agree, Miriam is very strong-willed. She is very intense. This woman is a smart, smart, smart cookie. She's not a fraud. I love her. And the reason I know she's not a fraud is because she's had uh, literally almost the exact same things happen to me. I don't have conscious memories of being on a ship with tall, wet, tall blondes, but uh, shall we say our, our link is cemented. Uh, there's many reasons why. Now, this is one of them. Um, so... <clears throat> About uh, several weeks ago, I was scrolling through Facebook, as I want to do. This is the voice that you used on the other talk show. Yes, I'm going into interview mode. Okay, go ahead. You're doing great. That was bullshit, but this is my interview mode. Um, So several weeks ago, I um, I I was looking on Facebook, and... I happen to come across a man who's an author and an artist, um, an author of a book, an amazing book about the black ops military, Patches. So anyway, this recent um, ka-winky-dink, as they say, happened about three weeks ago. I'm scrolling through um, this guy's uh, Facebook page, the guy who wrote the book about the Black Ops uh, projects. Patches. That's right. The book is called I Could Tell You, But Then You Would Have to Be Destroyed by Me. I Could Tell You, But Then You Would Have to Be Destroyed by Me. The author is a guy named Trevor Paglin, P-A-G-L-E-N, I think, or maybe A-N. Great guy, very nice guy. He teaches at um, UC Berkeley. Really cool guy. So um, I Facebook friended him. And about two days beforehand, I had this really weird dream. It was like a David Lynch movie. It was so weird. It was um, It was just like credits on a screen. It was the name of a woman. Her name was Amy Wilson. And the reason I say it was like David Lynch is because it was the same font that he used for Mulholland Drive, the same font for the movie poster. And so, so, hold on, just this, like, you, so in your f- dreams, you actually have like credits and, and fonts and things like that movie poster t- or like a, or, or like opening credit type things? It looked just like the opening. It looked like the fonts that they used for Mulholland Drive. And it was white letters on a black background, and it scrolled horizontally like the beginning of a movie. 
across the screen in my dream. Like there wasn't a screen that I saw. I was just like I was looking at a movie. So now in this movie, did you were you conscious that it was David Lynch that was directing it? No, it, no. I'm saying forget David Lynch. It has nothing to do with David Lynch. It looked like font that he used. It's like very professional looking. It Good, was okay. like. Keep going. It was like a black screen and then fade in and horizontal credit going across the screen with the name Amy Wilson. Okay, so flash forward two days later. I'm friends with Trevor Paglin on Facebook now, and I thought, oh, wow, I want to see who some of his friends are. Well, lo and behold, not 30 seconds into it, do I find the name Amy Wilson. Okay, it gets better. So, of course, I click on it, and I say, I'm supposed to know you, lady. And I, um, I told her all about myself, and then... Look, she responded immediately, and guess what she does? Well, she's an artist in and of her own self, and her website is amywilson.com, and she's great. She does these amazing, um, I don't know, she cre- constructs things entirely out of paper and, um, like, cities, towns. It's really amazing. And, um, well, she also happens to teach a class at SVU, the School for Visual Arts here in New York. On 23rd uh, Street. That's right. She teaches a class on the um, altered states of consciousness in art making. And in, and she includes in her roster, she among other things, this is not making me look so good, but mental illness, alcoholism, and drug use. Sure. In the, in the rich, of art. A rich and, tradition in artists. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And in addition to that, channeling. And I was like, oh, my God. So I was freaking out over that right, th- right there. And I... You know, I said, listen, lady, we got to meet. And so she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. She was so excited and happy. And um, she said, listen, I'm up to my ears in work right now working on this show called the Degenerate Art Fair. <laughs> it's like an anti-art fair, an anti-crafts fair. With oh, my gosh. I would and it lo- was so fun. And I went. So she's there and she's got her cool little things and and you know I go with my friend and then one of the vendors is are these two artists um who had for some reason I was drawn to this one guy and I didn't really see all the artwork it was very crowded there and um it was mostly the guy that he was with I think their partners his boyfriend and so I was like why am I drawn to this one guy and I started doing a reading for him immediately I was like I don't know why but you are really impressive and then he's like oh see my work and he opens up his portfolio, and it's filled with paintings of crystal skulls, constellations, um, crystal balls, um, all this stuff. He goes, and by the way, my mother is a Mayan healer, and she's in the Grandmother's Council, which is a really big deal if you know about this kind of stuff. How which do I don't. Do? But It has to do with Hopi prophecy and Native American prophecy. And it has to do big time with what Miriam Delicato is doing. Now, just an hour before, this is where it gets really strange. I was in a restaurant with my friend before we went to this event. Miriam calls me, and this is the plug for Miriam. Um, she says, Anya, big news. I need you to spread the word as much as you can. I'm going to be on Coast to Coast AM on Tuesday the 22nd. Two, two days from now. Two days from now. Yes. So everybody check out. Miriam on Coast to Coast. It might not be. Who knows how long it's going to take me to edit this. So It's going to be three hours long. Well, you, it's still going to be archived, so just put it, publish it anyway. Radio? Do this. Yeah. Publish it anyway, Mike. I will. I'm a big fan of Miriam, so there's, yeah. I don't, you, know, you don't have to sell me on Miriam. It's a big deal. It's So George Norrie is going to be the host, and she's going to be on Coast to Coast AM on the 22nd with some really exciting news about Hopi, specifically. Now, I don't think this is a coincidence that an hour before I meet the son of a Mayan healer, 
who, oh, subsequently, his mom, the Mayan healer, is in charge of, her name's Florida Mayo, and she's in charge of um, handling and taking care of the crystal skulls when they are in New Mexico. And I started freaking out because then he showed me. This is Max, the crystal skulls? Uh, there are many. Okay. It's not just Max. Okay. She does handle Max when it, when he comes through town, but um, there are many. And they're also not just crystal skulls. They're also, I believe she, as according to this guy, Everest Hall, that's the guy's name, EverestHall.com. Please check out his website. <laughs> you'll see. You're on you a roll see. tonight. No, I have like three other people I have to push to. Um, you will see the skulls and the work, and it's incredible paintings. And then also check out his boyfriend's site, too, because he's an amazing artist who deals with time and, like, issues having to do with stuff like that. His name is Yadir Quintana, YadirQuintana.com, Y-A-D-I-R, Quintana.com. Right on. He showed me one of his paintings, um, like a printout of one of his paintings, and it was a crystal skull with a green agate background. And I immediately got downloaded, Mike. Immediately looking at it, my eyes started fluttering and I got information. And then the beings told me just right then and there at the art fair, that is psychic technology. The crystal skulls are psychic technology and um, that aliens definitely built the crystal skulls. Any skulls that are found that are dug up are, you know, that are found like that. And no one under, you know, no one knows how they were made. Except Indiana Jones. Um, Oh, I haven't even seen that yet. So if anybody's saying, oh, you're just doing this because you saw the Indiana Jones thing. No, I didn't even see the movie. So okay. I don't know what that's all about. Um, lately, for weeks now, prior to this event as well, I was flipping out because everywhere I went, I was like, crystal skulls, crystal skulls. What is going on with crystal skulls? Why do I need to learn about crystal skulls? And then I go to this event and boom, that happens. So that's synchronistic. And then, so I got downloaded and the beings told me while I'm standing there talking to Everest, this is psychic technology and... Uh, we built them like for weeks now. I'm telling you, Mike, I swear I didn't know this guy even existed. This Everest Hall artist. Um, I've just been like thinking about crystal skulls left and right and how I have to touch one and I have to, I have and, to and, uh, handle the skulls and take care of the skulls. And I and I knew instinctively that I would be downloaded with really important psychic information and I had to know it and I had to talk about it. So um, I told Miriam this in a phone call I had with her last night, actually. And she was like, Anya, this is really important because she she really was like, we should really take a moment here and just understand that this is not a coincidence that I called you an hour before this happened. But it was very connected. It was very connected. It was very connected. So what and you're I, saying oh, is it's I can't go very into connected. It. Yeah. Okay. And also the crystal skull thing, I'm just going to interject a little bit. Uh, Marla Freeze. Who oh, yeah. I, I who I'm a huge oh, yes, fan yes, of. Yes, 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 yes. I haven't contacted her. I have to contact her. No, that's not going. Someday you'll t- you'll you'll I, I foresee you two are going to meet someday. But oh my God, um, yes. she is a big fan of Max's the Crystal Skull, and one of our yeah. our the people that follows both of our our blog things is named Stacy, and okay. Stacy uh, just refers to Max in the first person like it's some friend of hers. It's very funny and very... Oh, yeah, very, I feel like I'm going to have a full-blown conversation with this guy because... Um, the crystal skull guy. I mean, just like actually the Max, skull itself. Crystal skull, the inanimate object that's not inanimate. Um, okay. Again, I'm not asking anyone to believe me, but just be respectful in your comments because I'm not going to engage with you about whether or not this is really happening to me. It's real, okay? You can believe whatever you want, but since you don't know me and you don't know my experiences, whatever. I'm not and I'll jump in here again. I'm just going to jump in one more time and say that um, uh, you uh, gave me a reading, and it was very 
impressive. And and I'll also say that I'll also say that this stuff this stuff I mean I'm Joe normal on a lot of levels. Um this stuff really challenges me. All the stuff the crystal skulls and sure, yeah, vibrations and resonance and Well, part of the reason it's such a challenge and if I may say mostly it's with white men. I'm a white man, I qualify. Yeah, who don't come from cultures where like reincarnation is a given and things like that. Um not being, you know, sexist against men here. I love men. I think men are great. But um, the American male has some particular challenges that people in non-Western cultures tend to be more ready to accept. Um, we've been so conditioned, and there's a re- reward system in place for people who are more logic-oriented. Um, they become to, president of the bank and stuff like that. Yeah, they get more pellets when they hit the, when they know, hit the little the things. Game. There are no pellets uh, in my house. I have not hit the thing properly ever. Hits, yeah, when their paw hits the red button, they get more pellets than those of us who are more right-brained. Um, it's a real challenge for a lot of um, men in this culture to, you know, grasp what it is. Um, no matter how hard I try, usually about 80% of my clients without fail are women. And you happen to be in the 20%, Mike, so good for you. Right on for me. I actually have a yeah, very sensitive side. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I know show tunes and stuff like that, so. Um. No, 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 it's not an indication of your your virulence or your masculinity. It's I, I'm an I'm Alaskan mountaineering guide. I, I mean, I have, like, That's my right. job description is about as virulent and masculine as it gets. Yeah. You don't so. have to prove nothing, but it's just, like, without fail. It's, like, 80% of my clients are women. They just seem... I don't know what it is. I think there's just something, and that's somehow viewed as bad, wrong. You know, you're vulnerable, you're weak, you're weak-willed. You, you can't go to a psychic in this culture without having a judgment call attached to it, which I think is really unfortunate. And, yes, there are a lot of frauds. There's a lot of egomaniacs in the field. There are people who maybe do have psychic power, power and they abuse it. There are people who are out-and-out frauds who have large followings. There are people who are just plain mentally ill. So I don't blame people for being skeptical, being wary, whatever. But, you know, can we just get over this debate that psychic ability isn't real? I mean, it is. Well, it's – it's and it also at the same point – how to say this? This is – so I'm going to um, – so, like, if there's, like, a, a continuum, right? You know, it's, like, on one side, you got the you got the left side, and you got the right side. And, like, so you look at this continuum, yeah. and way on one side is, like, the paranormal thing where it's some, like, a, you know, corn farmer from Iowa who has a story about seeing some lights off in the distance in his field that yeah. were very yeah. unusual. So that's at one end, right? Right. So I think that anyone who's made it this far into the – into, um, like, you know, this realm by making it this far and finding my blog um, would say – uh, okay, so I, you know, I can buy that. Farmer sees something, sees some odd lights. And then at the other end of the continuum, you know, spreading all the way across, there's like, you know, stories that get more and more outrageous and more and more bizarre and more yeah. and more challenging. And, and to be quite honest, you, I take Anya, are I take way at the other end of that continuum. I, I mean, take, you and, you and Whitley think... Strieber are, are like hanging out like way down yeah. at the other end. No, I think I'm beyond Whitley, quite honestly. I believe I am beyond Whitley in terms of the high strangeness quotient. Okay. I don't, okay, I don't, and I just use Whitley as sort of like a like as a as a um, as a defining his mark. Experiences at least have some kind of consistency to them. Mine have a progressiveness to them that they progress towards something, but um, every day is uh, you know a giant question mark in terms of what's going to happen to me. Is yeah, it, and, and just what's going to happen day. And for my own, for my own, like, you know, to wrap my own brain around this stuff, you know, like, where am I? Like, I haven't had that many experiences. Like, you know, whatever's going on with my thing, I feel like I'm way down near the farmer from Iowa who saw some lights in the sky. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. 
Well, so, no, well, you're like you're up there. You're kind of high in the spectrum too. Okay. Well, it's funny. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, when I look in the mirror, the person who looks back at me um, feels like the, you know the, the farmer from Iowa. Like I don't know quite how to, you know, like on a scale of one to ten, I'm right, a, I'm but a that two. That doesn't mean that you don't have high strangeness occurrences happening to you. Maybe sometimes it's yeah. I guess I've had some pretty nutty experiences. You've had some pretty nutty things happen. Not as nutty as mine, admittedly, but um, consciously. Unconsciously, you've had some pretty high strangeness. Because I did a reading for you. I saw it. I saw everything. Okay. Well, my dirty laundry, you saw that? Like, like, oh, what? No, I just, I'm like, that's, so I, I apologize if you saw any of my dirty laundry. So that must be an odd no, part no, of your No, 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 it was you on a ship. I saw you on a ship. You were naked, and they had some kind of, like, sheet over you, and they were doing things to you. I mean, you're a hardcore experiencer. Don't, make no mistake. And I will, I will place my reputation on that. Okay, I have, and I... Playing the role of skeptic. Yeah. Here you say that, and I like I sort of like bring it into my little data bank, and it's like, yeah. and, I, and I, I, you know, and I can't just from my firsthand experience, I don't have that memory, so I'm gonna just like That's say, oh, okay, I'm skeptical. Just, yeah, but you did have a visceral response when I said that. You started crying. Oh, uh, well, the I first conversation. Because you're a real man, and you can take it. So, um, so here's I guess I'm just trying to say that my my. My uh, where am I going with this? Oh, so on the continuum, you're at way at one end, and there's I think that's just like human nature has like a breaking point, like where 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 people even if they're interested in the paranormal, even if they're interested in like these odd occurrences, will only go so far down on that continuum, and then they'll just like they have like a a breaking yeah, point. Off. Yeah, well, that's called cognitive dissonance. You know, and, and I mean, whatever. I can't do anything for people who are that brainwashed and they're like they've brainwashed themselves. They've bought into the conditioning process of this culture that we live in. And again, it's mostly people from Western cultures who have this problem. Um, uh, people who are not of color, people who are whitey, mostly white, whitey. Yeah, yeah whitey. Me, yeah, basically. So. I don't have a problem with um, indigenous people, people, Native American people. By the way, Native American people find me. I don't know what it is, but it's something about that. And um, I love it because I love it. But um, indeed, you know, non-white people have no problem with this. I would say that a lot of my clients are women, and a lot of those women are women of color. And um, most of my male clients are too. Okay. So except me, you know, it's whitey. It's whitey me. Um. Well, no, I mean you're like way open, but the problem is, is that you're way open. Um, it was by choice, obviously, but um, the issue was kind of forced with you. You would have been very comfortable in your paradigm because you get the pellets. <laughs> uh, I hate the pellets. I had, I had the pellets. I was a yuppie in New York City for, you know, yeah, I literally, you like, got yeah. Rewarded. You got rewarded big time for eating the, getting the pellets. I worked you in an advertising agency and made, made boffo bucks during the 1980s, yeah. So. Yeah, you got was, rewarded big time. And people want to cling to that because, you know, who gets the most pellets from adhering to, you know, left brain thinking and um, listening to mainstream media and... Not seeking out a higher spiritual calling. People who follow the pellets. Yeah, so... um, People get the most pellets are the ones who want the pellets the most. And they will do anything to avoid reality. They don't care about reality, they care about pellets. Yep, yep, I could, that's, that's a nice metaphor. The... um. So he's, I'm just going to jump back to this continuum thing again. So the continuum, whatever's going on, I like, I have to... I had this wonderful conversation with a with a with a woman. I'll actually mm-hmm. add um, at a UFO conference. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes. she said um, she basically said you have to be open minded. I was I'm pretty 
This yeah. has not been an easy journey for me. This has been very challenging. This well, you had all thing. the pellets, Mike, and then you realize there's no such thing as pellets. It's all like one continuum, and the pellets are an illusion, and you know. Some, yeah, sure. This is yeah, I like your metaphor. That's like it works for me. Um, uh, but the, I have to be like, why? Like, if my story is true, and I yeah. believe it is, which it is, it's it just it basically that continuum just in essence i have to like allow that continuum to go on forever i have to be skeptical i have to be questioning but i can't be dogmatically i just can't i can't i can't dismiss outright or dismiss with contempt um stuff that just that pushes my envelope um and it's been very challenging mhm oh let me ask you this um has the high strangers increased or decreased since you moved to idaho uh, that well, that's I mean it's it's increased since I started looking at it three years ago. It's increased since I've made the conscious decision okay. to to go forward with my own self examination. Okay. And when you were, can I ask you this? When you were in New York, did you have any incidents of high strangeness, irregardless of whether or not you were paying attention? Yes. Interesting. So it's been sort of more or less consistent. No, it's been it's been off the charts the last three years. Okay, before the last three years, was it more or less consistent? More or less. Interesting. And 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 very like long stretches where nothing would happen. It allowed yeah, yeah, yeah. me. Yeah. It allowed me to to be this uh you know um. The illusion. Yeah, like I could you know I could say like oh you know I'm just living this normal life and not much is going on and I'm just average Joe and um and then every once in a while I would get poked with these very curious and whatever's going on like that whatever's been intersecting with me has been delightful and sort of playful. Um, okay, good. I think so. Well, it was enough to get you to leave New York, right? I miss New York. I had a good time in New York, but it, but the yeah. reason I left New York wasn't was more I was pursuing other stuff. I mean, I moved out west to be a ski bum and to pursue yeah. outdoor stuff. But you want to you you chose the path less traveled, shall we say, the road less traveled. Well, until you come to a little town out west where there's a ski area, and then and then every you know everyone and you know all my friends are basically have chosen the same road, so it doesn't seem that right. impressive to me that I moved from New York well, and gave up my advertising career yeah, to be a to be a in, bum. Yeah, but being in New York, there's no shortage of pellet chasers. So in a sense, you kind of you know you chose your path. You sure. Chose, and you consciously made that decision. Right on and for you, me. There was something better for you there, spiritually, possibly. Yeah, possibly. Po- Meaning, whatever that means to you. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you opened yourself up more to possibilities, shall we say. I have. Because when you were in New York, you were, like, shut down, they're telling me. When I was or in New York, like, just there was a requirement to to pay the rent, you know, like, I had a, you know, like... I mean, well, I mean, like, there's just, like, the, the mere fact of, like, uh, paying the rent required a lot of, you know... Energy just you know you had to I had to focus here I'm living I got such a, a, a you know low cost of living that I can I can definitely um, expand and explore my own uh, stuff without any concern of of um, Good. you know okay. financial that, well, stuff that's, that's definitely the road less traveled that is definitely the road less traveled there's way more pallet chasers than there are people who want to be ski bums even though you feel like you're in a well I am know, in a community where I'm rubbing elbows right. ski bums all the time but but yes yeah. you are correct there's more there's more there's more um, you know, 
there's more people on 23rd Street than there are in the entire eastern Idaho where I live. So Yeah, yeah. So you made a brave decision to change, right? So not many people can do that. For are you whatever- interviewing, you're interviewing me. Keep going. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I just think that's interesting. Like, what is the turning point where someone decides, fuck it? Basically. <laughs> and what was your turning point? The spiritual attitude. I'm going to switch this around now. Anya, can I, now that we're on the um, subject of turning points, what was your turning point when you decided to, you know, say fuck it? Well, I worked for um, a photo agency in New York because I had studied photography in school. Um, yes, I have a master's degree. Which I don't. I have, I'm a college dropout. That's right. And you made more money than I did. <laughs> With, I'm wildly overeducated, and you somehow managed to be an art director. I always wanted to get that gig, by the way. Really? Oh gosh, it was it was like it, it, I got some stories about like you know doing commercials for like laxatives and stuff like that. So. Oh, I love it. Well, I could never figure out that route because I could never kiss enough ass. Not that you were doing it. But oh, I was not. A, I was. I was. Yeah. Keep going. Well, you're a man. Therefore. Oh, that's right. I'm whitey. I'm whitey. <laughs> whitey, and your man is like, duh. People just defer to you. They aren't going to defer to me. You okay. know, unless I look like I'm 12 years old, and so that makes people like just think I'm. I would. Yeah. Okay. And I. Yeah. Ah, I, I turn 40 next August. So. What's your birthday in August? August 30th. Okay. Virgo. You okay. know, maybe I'm just being bitter or something, or maybe this is just like our coffee clutch where we're just like shooting the, you know, the poop. Um, so what was your turning point? But I'm afraid your readers are going to be like so. Oh no, this is good. This is good. This is. I felt like I was so like this is nothing like the interview that Miriam and I did. So. I know because that was like really professional, and this is just like off the cuff, you know, easy rider. It's like totally crazy. Um, so what was your crazy. what was your turning point? Um. Well, when I you know the first turning point wasn't even paranormal it was just um i was in corporate culture as a researcher for a photo agency and i hated it and you had to basically lie to yourself all day (laughs) yep i I know about that okay keep going you know um and you know i i hated the regiment and it was boring it was really boring okay i'm interjecting here uh i edit out a big chunk of stuff where anya talks about her career in new york and uh it's not that relevant so i just snipped it out and edited it out now back to the interview oh yes just after christmas um tim banal is going to be publishing a series of articles about me and would that be banalofamerica.com that's right banalofamerica.com i love pushing all these other people except myself um no i'm pushing me too okay because you know i'm a fraud and i'm a trickster and (laughs) and and i'm mentally ill and i'm a woman which makes it even worse um, so anyway, uh, love your readers. I love your readers. And I love my readers too. I love your readers. And some of them are really great cause they subscribe to my blog. So some of them do. And, and I have to say, I'm going to state this publicly. The whole reason the writer, um, found me from Bonal of America is cause she was looking at your blog. My, oh, really? Yes. Mike Clellan's blog, which is, um, oh God, I'm blanking. Hiddenexperience.blogspot.com. Blogspot.com. She saw the um, genuflecting interview you did with me, um, article you did about me with your reading. Uh huh. Um, and it was great. No, hey, so so like I'm going to interject here. We're go, we're all over the map here, but I but yeah. I'm going to take the floor for a second. Um, you can edit out the whole photography thing. That I might add a, add a little bit out. I'm actually like it's going through my mind that I might have to like you know like take the scissors to this a little bit, which will be fun. That's but, fine. Um. Like, you know the, uh, the the goal of the uh, of this whole 
the whole goal of my blog in a funny way is to just uh uh well i thought the most synchronistic thing i mean that's really if you're exploring synchronicity i thought the most thing the one thing that if you if you edit nothing out please do not edit out the whole thing about going to the art fair and amy wilson and Miriam. Oh yeah, yeah. You know that's good. That's that's, that's part of personal growth and stuff like that. Not the like not the not the advertising ladies noshing on donuts. You know. That's, no, no, you know. no, 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 no. Okay. So then, and you know, and it was just like uh, my whole point to talking about the advertising jobs and the managing the photo studio and everything. That was really more about I cannot figure out a way to lie enough to feel good. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no no! Oh gosh, okay. I have my own stories about New York, and you're 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 basically paraphrasing some of the, my experiences. Yeah, um, I could in New York. figure out a way to like compromise myself enough so that I would still have rent at the end of the month, and yet still not have. Oh, I had a thirteen hundred dollar a month apartment on on Twenty Eighth Street for a while, and wow, with a, with a separate bedroom. Oh, it was, was right around the corner studio. from the photo studio. Um, <laughs> so so here so so uh uh you had obviously uh. Found, I had done an interview, an audio interview with Miriam Delicato, and I had met Miriam at uh, over a or a little less than a year ago at um, Laughlin, Nevada, mm-hmm. and I had I was super impressed with her. I was incredibly mixed up and lost. She was very yeah. supportive and she was very uh, clear thinking, and she 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 uh, she wasn't flipping at all. She was very um, good with her with her feedback for me and what I you know what she suggested I do, because mm-hmm. um, I was basically came to her and said like you know I'm this is really hard on me. I'm lost. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm awash in something that I don't understand, and and it's it's mm-hmm. freaking me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I did an audio interview with her. Somehow you must have gotten a hold of that link through Miriam's site and and found my site. Yeah, totally, totally. And then and then what happened? This is okay. So here's my story, and I think I write about this a little bit, but I'm going to just verbally tell it here. At my house with my computer, and I look at my blog, which I was updating something or checking something, and down in the corner is this little list of followers, and I saw your itty bitty tiny little little icon, your little photo right. of yourself, right? And I was like, "This is important." Yeah. I am not kidding. I looked at this little thing that was probably you know eight pixels by eight pixels, and I yeah. said, "This is important." Yeah, that's I, that's not the first time that's happened to me, by the way. So I click on it. I go to your site. Yeah. I watch some of your uh, YouTube videos of your channeling. Yep. And um, now here I'm also going to interject that uh, I went through a period in the mid-90s. Okay. For about four years or so. Right. Um, but I read voraciously and I read channeled books. I read one after another after another. I just was this was before the internet and I can't I can't even figure out how I found these things, but I would scour bookstores and I read dozens of them. Like I, I think I counted over 25 in my house here. Um, wow. Damn. And that's not counting the ones I've given away and that's not counting the ones that uh, so, um, yeah, I read Barbara Marciniak and Neil Donald Walsh and read all the um, Emmanuel books and the Seth books. And the and then I actually interacted and became friends with this fellow named Ivan Sokoloff, who published two channel books. And, and uh, oh, my gosh, it's very strange. Um, so, yeah. so I was very open and receptive to the concept of channeling. Um, That's weird because I wasn't at all. 
I think I read in the 90s when I lived in Cleveland and I had an outer body experience and I was freaking out what's happening to me. And then I found the Seth material. Sure. Seth Speaks, I think. Yep. And it was like 700 pages. Yeah, that's a little dense. I found the Seth stuff pretty dense. Have you read the... Um, it was really dense. I read the whole thing and I didn't understand a damn word. So. Have you read the Emmanuel stuff? No, I don't know any of the Oh, There's three books in the Emmanuel series um, and they are beautiful. It, it is like poetry. It is so magical and it is coming from this higher place. I, I cannot recommend the stuff high, highly enough. It is it is it is like universe Are you there? Yeah. You know what happened? What happened? Um my cat walked on the keyboard and she did something. <laughs> I love it. Where did you where did we drop off? I don't care about channeling. Oh my gosh! I didn't. You didn't hear the whole thing where I, I like praise the Emmanuel books. Yeah, I heard that, and then I said, "But wait, you have to understand. I didn't read any of this stuff. I didn't have any build up to any of this having to do with channeling. I didn't even know what was happening to me was going to lead to channeling. I didn't care about channeling. I didn't like channeling, quite frankly. I thought it was fake. Everything I'd seen, the only thing I'd seen was Jay Z Knight and Ramtha, and I thought that was just ridiculous, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. I just saw that, and I was embarrassed by it." Not that she's a bad person, and actually I think some of the stuff she says makes sense, but half of it, most of it just goes right over my head. And this is nothing against people who like Rantha, think she's, think Rantha's the real deal, think Jay-Z Knight's not making this up. I don't think she's fake, I just, it wasn't resonating with me. Okay, you have to read the, uh, you have to read, just the, the Emmanuel books are really easy to find. I'll, if I'm, okay. nothing else, I'll send you one. Okay, fine. I'm happy to read about it. I saw the movie Tuning In, and I think that's great, and I recommend it to everyone who has questions about channeling, um, the process of channeling itself. Um, It's very informative, very helpful, and I love Daryl Anka. I love the guy who channels Bashar, Daryl Anka. I think Uh he's absolutely the real deal, and he says a lot of stuff that I'm saying, too, which is weird, because I don't follow him the way people follow channels intensely. Which I followed Neil Donald Walsh for a while. Yeah, and I don't even know who this Neil Donald Walsh guy is. Oh, really? He's like the, he's like the, like the, the, the Neil Diamond of, of channeling, man. That guy's, that guy's the... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I'll find out, I'm sure. Um... I'm sure I'll find. He's, the book. he's made a zillion dollars, and he's 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 got like uh you know uh you know twenty books out or something like that. And I and, and it's, I I sound bitter and cynical and, and but no, 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 but no. he's he's very um you know whatever his the core of his message is just great. Well, I just don't follow it with like like it's the a football team or something or you know the major leagues. I just don't. It's not like interesting to me because half of the time they're confirming what I'm saying. Um. But I'm not, I'm not, I want to emphasize, I'm not just a channel. I'm also becoming a very powerful, and I'm not just saying this to toot my own harm. I mean, comparatively speaking, I'm becoming a very powerful psychic in and of herself. And, and, and once again, I'm going to interrupt, and, and, uh, and I will agree with you. So keep yeah. going. Well, the beings told me this, like a year ago. The beings I communicate with said, there's going to come a day when channeling is no longer necessary. And I was like, What? Because I'm just getting the hang of channeling, and then they turn around and they say there's going to be a day where channeling is no longer necessary. Now, obviously, they speak in veiled terms sometimes, but everything they've told me has come true so far. And they said what I came to realize was is that I'm channeling less and less and less now, and I'm just becoming more and more and more of a pure psychic. I don't use tarot cards. I don't use any divination tool. I'm just a pure psychic. And I'm clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, meaning all-knowing, feeling, seeing. And smelling. And, uh, and smelling, and I also taste sometimes. I taste wow. food. And I have to tell you, when I was channeling, food, 
sometimes I would take a bite of food or something during a channeling session. I'd go over to a friend's house and I'd channel. And the food that I would eat, when I would eat, you don't really eat or drink much when you're channeling. But when I would, it just tasted like a thousand times better than it would if you were like not in that altered state. It was like what they were tasting, what the beings were tasting, because it was also for experiential framework for them. This is so interesting. Okay, there's and a- it tasted like the best, okay, orange slice I'd ever had in my life or the best piece of cake or the best drink of tea, you know, in my life. One time I had a Guinness beer while I was channeling and it tasted like manna from heaven. It was incredible. And it was their taste buds. It wasn't mine. It was like, I don't know how to describe it. So, yeah, I guess you could say Claire tasty it. I don't know. Okay, I don't know what, how we would, how we would yeah, define that either. Uh, so here, I'm going to ask some specific questions now. Okay. Um, so this is this is perplexing to me, and I'm fascinated by it. And I mean, I'm at a really real level. I'm fascinated because I've read all those books, and, and mm-hmm. I've actually found benefit from some of the information I've gotten from those books. Oh, great. When you channel, and I'm just going to paraphrase for the folks here yeah. that haven't had the direct experience I've had with you, yeah. you are pretty funny, which... Um, well, I'm conscious, but I'm not conscious. It's not like I leave I leave the building and yet I don't. There's a paradox. Yeah, which is which is there because he can hear you saying things like, "Wait a minute, I'm trying to get this," and but funny things happen. There's funny little wordplay that takes place. Oh yeah, there. That's them. That's not me. It's them. But you are delighting in it. You yeah. Anya seem to be delighting they are in it. Funny as hell. They crack me up all the time. They are so funny. But 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 uh, what's his name? Seth isn't funny. No. A lot of channelers come across as like totally lofty and weird and kimonos and purple robes and mountaintops. I, I don't I don't claim to be or do anything other than what's happening to me. Okay. I don't know, I don't even claim to know that these people who say they are are who they are. It could be naval intelligence for all I know. Okay, well they're pretty. Because they're there are they're... people. The woman who runs Rumor Mill Radio um, claims that she was a channel, and then she was told later that it was naval intelligence doing telepathy experiments. And that there was no ascended master she was connecting with at all, and I have been connected with black ops programs. So now this is this is this is like boy, you're just pushing yourself farther down that continuum, and I'm very open minded, <laughs> and I'm like, like I wonder what that really means because I just I see this stuff in total metaphor. It could all be naval intelligence. I mean, we could all be being duped. You know, I don't know. I don't I don't defend or deny any of it, but I know that when I do readings for people, I help them, and I don't know why, but it helps them. And, I, and that's and incredibly that's, satisfying. It's inc- it's incredibly satisfying to be able to help people when I do readings. That's all I know. Um, so when you're channeling, yeah. how do you define the entities that you're you're channeling from? I mean, could you draw but a picture not of it? Really, the entities that I see who are channeling, um, I'm focused on the person. The person who's requesting the reading. Yeah, they get out of the way. The beings don't want to show you what they look like. That's just a huge distraction. But I mean, no. So, but, but I'm, but here, this is my own curiosity. What, yeah, sure. what, what? Def, I mean, how would you define these beings? I don't know. People in robes with no hair. People in robes with no hair. Okay. Tall people usually, but not necessarily. In robes, tall people in robes. Yeah, sages, I guess, for lack of a better term. And I don't know if this is Navy intelligence doing this or not. They're saying, well, actually, I got a transmission the other day from the guy in the Solar Warden secret space program. Again, I love your readers. They can believe whatever they want. Um, Just don't tell me I'm crazy, all right? Okay, okay. Keep going, keep going. You're on a roll. I'm not going to. I'm not crazy. 
I mean, I'm not diagnosed. Diagnosis with your mom's smart. Your mom diagnosed you. So there you go. That's right. She said there's no clinical model for what's happening to you. So just please. Enough with this mental unstable, mentally unstable nonsense. No, but I will say that you're, I mean, you're stretching the boundaries of what like a lot of people consider credible. You know what? They're banking on your incredulity to think that this is impossible. Okay. I I went to this networking event the other night and some guy was like, you're, this is impossible. I was like, well, I make my living doing what you consider impossible. So how can you say it's impossible? You know, it's not impossible to me. It's just like another, you know, it's just like seeing, tasting, hearing for me. It's not impossible anymore. I mean, yeah, I had a freakazoid freak out when it first started happening, but now it's just like another sense. It's like, okay. So tall people in robes. All right. So, so tall people in robes. um, (laughs) That's what I'm being told. And so I feel like as a faithful, you know, secretary of this information i feel like my job is just to repeat exactly what i am hearing so like like at the un right so like the un you have a little person that has little headphones on and someone the ambassador from france is speaking and 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 the uh the ambassador from russia has to listen um, even if they don't exactly that's exactly what i'm doing no more no less uh i'm going to give an example that showed up in in one of the um things that you gave me which is so here i I, uh, recorded the session we did okay it's about an hour and a half long and i've been playing it over and over and over i've listened to it a bunch of times oh god it's been delightful and it's been really like um it's multi-layered you know and and i'm like there's stuff in there that i didn't quite catch the first or second or third time yeah Um, yeah you said there's there's you're sometimes you'll experience these emotional flash floods yeah, totally. And then that was about me, which is true. That's a, that's a sort of an accurate thing. That that uh, yeah. um, not that I want to give my uh, readers, who I know you love, uh, too much too much of my own personal yeah, baggage here. Readers and I love them. You know. <laughs> so, so, but uh, but I mean, it, the, you you and it sounded like Anya spoke up and said, "Hey, they like that term, emotional flash flood. They just made that up." And yeah, then I you even delighted. said, I get totally delighted by it. And then you even said they're like uh, they're breathing on their fingernails and they're rubbing them on their jackets. Their lapels, yeah. Their lapels, like, and that's that little that little uh, that little body language thing where smithery. they're proud of the word smithery more than anything else. They delight in language. They just love human language. And, and I will say that that um, if you haven't read Neil Donald Walsh, um. His stuff is just a wash in these crazy funny puns and these little play on words yeah, and, yeah. and and anagrams and oh my gosh so yeah they love it they're just it's delightful for them it's like a crossword puzzle for us or twister or something they just love it it's okay so, so who are they mm, I'm asking a big question but this may may be unanswerable but I'm going to ask who are I mean, they it's going to sound woo woo but it's a confederation of beings it's a group of beings they don't assign roles the way we do so it's like they have more freedom emotionally to do whatever the hell they please like in terms of exploring experiential framework and reality and through humans it's like so exciting like they are just delighted in ways you can't even imagine at the richness by which we exist it's this font of information for them and And like it's like tasting the guinness stout yeah, they don't get to taste Guinness stout because they don't have physical forms. So they have to do it through somebody. So I'm the conduit. Huh? There's a there's a there's a book. I'm simultaneously tasting it, but what they're what I'm doing as well is tasting what they're tasting, and then they're sending back the delight that they experience through tasting the Guinness stout back into my taste buds, and then it gets magnified like a thousandfold. It's incredible. And when you hear the voice, do you hear a voice yeah. that that you're translating? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. And what does the voice sound like? 
Um, it's kind of like this. It's just kind of like a little, like, maybe you want to do this. It's very quiet. It's not, and it's always loving. It's always fun. It's not dangerous. A couple of times there are negative entities that get in there sometimes, and they want to experience experiential framework as well because they don't have physical forms either. They're operating at a higher vibrational frequency. When that happens, I know immediately, and I'm like, um, no, <laughs> thank you, go in the light, you know, love and light, and I call upon my archangel Michael. And I didn't believe in that either until he helped me a lot and all these higher beings and ascended masters and so forth. So, again, is it naval intelligence? I don't know. Whatever works. I really don't care. Honestly, I don't care. As long as I'm not being turned into a skin robot and my soul belongs to, you know, a, a gray alien or whatever, mm -hmm. I don't care. I really don't care. Whatever works. I make people happy with what I do now. And I love it. And I'm not deluding them or deluding myself. I'm going to make that perfectly clear. I am a healer. They told me I am a healer. They said, do you want to do this? Do you want to be a professional psychic? We actually had a meeting um, with their energy signatures pregnant. Pre present, present. Pregnant. Okay. Pregnant. With pregnant, with, pregnant with possibilities. Okay. And they asked me. This wasn't that long ago. It was like maybe, mm, like, I had already started doing group readings spontaneously at this place in Brooklyn, this hippie shack with all these like potheads who I love, but um, they, you know, I just started spontaneously, you know, channeling for them one day. Cause one of the people who lives there is this really great uh, channeler herself. She's been contacted since birth and, and she's Pleiadian and you know, all this stuff. She's starseed. She's okay. No, so here I'm going to jump in again. You please define starseed. Mm, person with a soul that's not of this earth. A human being born on, into this earth, it's a soul contract. You made a contract with the higher beings to come into earth to help the planet raise the vibrational frequency so that the, everybody can all mojo uplift together. We don't want to leave anybody behind. But it's a free will universe, and anybody can do whatever they want. We just know that this is like a preordained thing that's happening, this thing, for lack of a better term, that we would call ascension. And, yes, I mean we by starseed. I mean we. We are a group. We are star beings. We're we, in form. we are in human form only. Those of us who are being awakened at this time and everybody's being awakened at this time, everyone who knows knows who they are. And but, do I, should, I mean, how, how would you define me? Oh, you're starseed, Mike. Why else would you be doing this? <laughs> I told you in the reading you were. I know. I, that's, I had to ask. I had to ask because... I'm not trying to trick you up. I'm just, this is like this I had to ask because this is like the thing where like I am skeptical and I said it before, I'm skeptical of my own experiences. Whatever. Okay. And my research, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I did like, you know, I had like a nine month period of time where I was like, I liken it to being Richard Dreyfus in uh, Close Encounters with the mashed potatoes on the table. I mean, I became completely obsessed with UFOs, which I later found out is par for the course with experiencers. That oh. they just go through a period of time where they're like obsessed with UFOs without knowing why. I had an abduction experience in 2007 and then... Define the abduction experience. Um, I was taken from my bed into a ship and given implants and they did things to me and they took over them from me and they put me in a breeding program. And how much memory do you have of that consciously? Um, flashes. Came back to me after about a year and a half. And it's only flashes in what I've been told. I have been told that I am, in fact, part of a breeding program for um, telepathy, specifically. I'm a telepath. And there, there are 27 others like myself. And there were a group of benevolent greys who are participating in this with the 
Oh, the beings are telling me with the full participation of the U.S. government and that I was um, part of an insurance policy in case the human race uh, met an untimely end, that I was doing this as part of an insurance policy. And they've done this for thousands of years. This and then I have a hybrid child. There is a female hybrid child who's now about nine years of age. And, this and is... they, they accelerate aging. They accelerate aging. She was born about two years ago, but she's now about genetically nine years old. And I have seen her. And she's beautiful. But she's part she's a hybrid. This is um Um so yeah, so I got some confirmation that this actually happened to me and not so many words. Uh from someone who was also a contactee who was considered a assistant, like a helper to the Greys. Um he sat me on a ca- uh, bench and I have this vi- they told me, this is what the beings told me. This guy specifically was sitting on a bench with me in the ship and explaining to me in English, like verbally, like speaking to me, not telepathically, but speaking to me, um, that this was something that I agreed to in many lifetimes, that this was for the human race, that this was a great sacrifice, that um, it would help many people, that not a lot of hybrids survive, and that it would require, you know, this program to make children more telepathic, and that, and they told me that, this is really weird, Mike. Uh, I've never told anyone this. Keep going. On, on, you know, on, on record. Um, the other night, this wasn't that long ago, uh, they told me that I'd had many children sort of housed in my womb over the last year or so. And I was over like, the last I, year? Yeah, and I experienced, um, for lack of a better term, morning sickness for some of them. And they told me that only one of the children has survived so far. And that was my daughter, who I've not seen on this earth. She can't she can't handle the atmosphere here. She's a hybrid. Uh, so she they told me she's um, she's beautiful. She has long hair. She absorbs food differently than you and I do, and that's why she couldn't come down here. This is so, so now now I would I would have to dismiss this stuff out of hand. I know, had I have not I'm had, asking any of your dear readers to accept what I'm saying out of hand. I no no, no but. It, but but it's uh but I've read so much and over the years I've put myself out there and and um yeah. talked to so many people directly and these stories that you're telling me are well uh, I'm are, not even I'm not even done I'm not even done there's more um okay but I then, bet but you're, what you're saying I've heard from other people okay good well I don't even and I look people I don't spend my days reading books about abductees I, and I, I do <laughs> of talking about abductees yeah I mean it's like I could care less, you know, after the first 300 stories about the same thing that's happening to me, it's like, do you really want to go into that? You know, do you really want to go there? Do you really want to question my sanity when there's so many people who've come before me who had the same thing happen? No, I don't research that. I, I mean, I, look, you can look at my YouTube channel and you'll see what I'm interested in. And mostly what I'm interested in is not having to do with abductees, although that is, you know, partially what it's about. I'm more interested in communication. And, you like, and you like the kinks. Contact. What? And you like the Kinks? I love the Kinks and like and the Jayhawks and the Jayhawks and I like a lot of music. Okay, um, keep going. Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm being so I'm humanizing you. I'm trying to. Yeah, right. I'm not a caricature. Right. Good. You're doing a good job. Um, you know, I, thank you because I'm not some freaking schizoid attention-seeking freak. I mean, why would I be telling the world this? This is bizarre. This is just bizarre. Why would I be telling the world the stories I've been telling? So it's like, can you just at least take it at face value until, you know, at such time I'm deemed a fraud or whatever, you know, to your satisfaction or not? Like, 
I'm not a fraud. I'm not making this up. I mean, I could be being manipulated, and all of that could have been a holographic memory that Navy intelligence has placed in my head just to see what happens, to mess with me. I wouldn't put that past them, you know? Mm -hmm. Knowing the tools they have at their disposal and the trillions of dollars they siphon out of domestic programs every year into black black ops budgets, you know, it's not surprising in the least that they would be doing this on a mass scale, and maybe all of us are just victims of a mind control program. I don't know. But I I was told this. This is what I was told. And mm, part of the way I was told was there was a hologram in the sky of a female gray who appeared and told me this. And where where did this happen? She sort of, like, gave me the memories back. She showed up in the sky, like, Like, as a hologram. Like the sky, sky over the Bronx? Yeah, right over Yankee Stadium. And I saw it. But then this is the weird thing. My friend emailed me, who was also a contactee, and she she said, Anya, the craziest thing happened like three weeks ago. I saw this woman in the sky, a female gray in the sky, like looking at me, blinking and smiling. And then some guy emailed her and she posted it on her blog. And then some guy emailed her. We don't know it. Either one of us knows. He said, not only have I seen this, I took a photo of it. And he showed us the photo and it was like, it was the same thing. I ooh, ooh, I would love to see that photo. Okay. Uh, I interrupt here. Uh, I'm going to edit some stuff out. Uh, Anya and I go all over the map for a while, and um, and uh, and here we go. This is I'm going to we get corralled back in, and here's the remainder of the conversation. Um, but when I made this UFO propulsion systems video that's on my YouTube channel, it's called which I've seen As- the role of aspect consciousness in UFO technology. Just watch the video. The beings did a channeled reading. Um, the basis for that video, and I know this is going to seem all over the place as well. I have to back up a little bit with this. The reason that video was made is because I was lying in my bed one night, and all of a sudden, um, a gentleman who claimed he was from the star system Lyra, which according to my research I later found out was the origins for the Pleiadians, and which is what I'm genetically part of. I'm a, I'm a mixed bag. I'm a bunch of things. And interestingly enough, most of the beings that have come to visit me, I'd say 99% of them, were from the star systems that I've been told that I'm from. Um, so this gentleman was from Lyra. Um, I believe that's in the, is that in the Orion star system or no? I have no idea. Anyway, it's a real star, Lyra. Yep, it is, okay, it is. Look it up, it's there. Um Anywho, um, so I'm lying in bed, and all of a sudden this guy shows up. Uh, he's made out of light, and his, he's a human. He had a human body and a face like a wild cat. He looked like a bobcat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I later found out that there are some beings from Lyra who supposedly look like cats. They're cat people, which was interesting because I was flipping out. I was like, "Oh my god, this man is made out of light, and he looks like a cat." Um, he started doing what they call etheric surgery on me. <laughs> um. That's what I'm saying. I, I think I flip out with Lee Strieber. I think I top him. Okay. I, I've heard what's happened to him and it's pretty freaky, but I think we're at least neck and neck. So uh, this gentleman decided that he was doing um, some kind of etheric surgery on me and then he had some kind of assistant show up. And this is a curious thing that's happened to me. I've noticed that when someone shows up, there's one person who speaks and one person who's silent the whole time. And it's always in duos. Mm-hmm. It's always two, two beings together usually or more or even numbers it's always like groups and then when i've had rogue elements rogue aliens who were not looking out for my best highest interests, it was always like they came in alone mm-hmm. which was always mm-hmm. interesting so um one of the ways i've learned to figure out that these beings are benevolent is when they show up with a buddy system and 
So he decide, he t- takes out this instrument that looked like a medical instrument for all intents and purposes, but it was made out of light as well. It was like a golden yellow light, um, the same kind of light that this guy was giving off. And then his assistant or his silent partner or whoever was like, they're passing this instrument back and forth over me while they're doing some kind of surgery. And his assistant looked almost like a bug. Um, I had no fear, though. This creature was not alarming because he was also made out of light. So I was just like, well, this could just be a dream, you know. But the, mm-hmm. the thing is, I felt like a tugging sensation on my stomach where they supposedly were doing work on me. And they said that they were removing emotional blocks from my stomach, interestingly enough. And actually, after they did this, I felt a lot better for some reason. I felt like I'd resolved some long-standing resentment or something. It was really strange. But right in the middle of this quote-unquote surgery, which I guess it really was because they were taking something out of me, um, uh, I don't know how else to say this. Um, an NSA agent astrally projected himself into my bedroom and immediately demanded to know what did I know about um what did I know about UFO propulsion systems specifically? And he literally, he didn't even say hello. He just started demand, like asking questions, almost like an interrogation, but slightly more polite. It was a little more civilized than that, but not much more. And uh, I was just like, in the middle of the surgery, right? He just comes through the wall. And he wasn't visible. He was invisible, but I saw his energy imprint, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. And I, someone was telepathically speaking to me. So I'm like, turn while this is going on. And the being stopped. They stopped what they were doing immediately. They're very kind. There was no fear coming off of them, no anger. Very patient. It was almost like they knew this guy was going to show up. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to interject that. But just what happened was the guy stopped what he was doing for a moment and calmly listened to what the guy asked. And I was the liaison. For some reason, the guy knew that he couldn't directly speak to this being or these beings that I was the person he had to directly speak to. I was the liaison. I was the translator. Okay. So for some reason, this Lyran was blocking his ability to communicate with the agent. But the agent immediately began asking me very technical questions about UFO propulsion technology, the physics of it, the physics theorems, the um, mathematics of it. And I swear to God, Mike, I was able to respond. I don't know how because I got D's and F's in math my whole life let alone science. Okay. I mean, I was always interested in science, but I was never good at it. And especially when you're getting into the technical part of it. Like, just forget it. Like UFO propulsion systems? Exactly. And I was able to discuss with this guy in detail about the theorems. And at one point he was like, well, uh, what about XYZ cosine dot, you know, this? He did like a whole theorem. And I was like, no, no, no. We're back. You there? Hello? Can you hear me? I'm going to hang up. Try again. Hello? Can you hear me now? Hello? Hello? Anya? Hello? Anya, I can hear you. One more try. Anya? Anya Briggs? Can you hear me? The last two times, I cannot hear you. This is so funny. One more try. Anya Briggs? Anya Briggs? Anya. Hey, Anya, just so you know, I'm wearing ladies' underwear right now. They're really tight. Hi. 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 
Drama. Can you hear me? You start talking about the NSA and then our our, uh, our hello. calls. Hello, I'm there. I'm here. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, come on. I can't hear you, Mike. I can hear Where you. Are you. Listen. Can you hear me? I'm gonna have to hang up. Okay. Anya Briggs. Now I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Anya. Anya, can you hear me? Mike. Yes, I can hear you. Are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, please. Oh, boy. Uh, thus comes the end of part one. Uh, Anya and I will follow up with uh, part two, which was recorded the following day. Uh, who knows why we got cut off, but um, if you've made it this far, you should listen to part two because Anya will actually channel. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your patience. This has been very nutty. Thank <laughs> you.